Swarmer by Todd Noy. Read by me, Dr. Robert A. Wallace. An immersive audio experience. The greatest audiobook ever told. Feel the swarm now at thenoyestate.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. To a world of pods and monsters. My name is Cameron James, and I'm sitting here in Prodigium Studios with the intangible, the untouchable, the very visible because he's dressed to the nines today. <laughs> yes, I am. Dr. Alexi Toliopoulos. Thank you so much, Dr. Cameron James. It is great to be here in our lab. Late one night, we're here podcasting. <laughs> Who knows what could happen? Who knows? We're in the middle of our mini-series right yes. now. What are we talking about? We're talking about adaptations and reimaginations of H.G. Wells' The Invisible Man. And the most exciting part of that for us is that originally, when this became a freaking movie... It became a Universal Monsters movie, a.k.a. a part of the beloved Dark Universe. (gasps) Yes, the Prodigium Studios production, The Dark Universe. Mm. They currently own all of them. You can go on prodigium.com and please buy us the domain name. (laughs) It is not being used anymore. (laughs) It used to be a beautiful website full of gods, monsters, and other shit like that. (laughs) Gods, monsters, and... Voice recordings of Russell Crowe. Yeah, that's the dream, to just mm-hmm. have Russell Crowe's voice recorded. Mm-hmm. Make him say whatever you want. So if you are out there, you have a bit of excess cash floating mm-hmm. around, normally we'd say subscribe to our Patreon. It's only yeah. $5 and you get a lot of bonus episodes. You get access to a cool secret group on Facebook. This week, keep that $5. Mm-hmm. Maybe add $95 to it. <laughs> And buy us the website domain, (laughs) prodigium.com. Prodigium.com. And we are not going to just put like, oh, here are our dates for our current shows and all that stuff. No. We're going to honor it and completely from the ground up rebuild the prodigium.com website used to promote the mummy from 2017 (laughs) starting Thomas Cruise Mapatha. Okay? We're going to honor it that way. And it, it will cost us a lot of money and yes. a lot of time, but we're prepared to do it. Yes, from the ground up. From the ground and up. And also from memory. We don't remember <laughs> what the website exactly looked like. <laughs> so it will be from memory. It's I an artist's a, like, interpretation of it. I have a it. vague memory that there was a video that lasted for about a minute before yeah. you, like on the landing page mm-hmm. before you got to the <laughs> website proper. Very 2011 style. Yeah, and it was like, um, it was like vials and... Um, <laughs> Like beakers with liquids in it that were bubbling and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 
Okay, I love bubbling. Bubbling beakers is one of my my supreme aesthetic choices. Yeah, yeah. And then and then there was a voiceover from. I'm fairly certain it was a voiceover from Russell Crowe explaining and what, did he what say and explaining what, did that what sound Prodigium like? did. <laughs> Prodigium is one of the most exciting websites available on the internet. What we do is we promote the mummy. From Thomas Cruise Mapatha from the year 2017, <laughs> written by Alex Kurtzman. Oh, wow. And produced by Roberto Orsi. Now, this is meant intended to branch off and create a wonderful new franchise featuring <laughs> stars such as Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster. Also, we're trying to get Angelina Jolie <laughs> to play the bride of Frankenstein. We, it has been rumored that fingers is what crossed. has happened. Fingers crossed. She couldn't make it to the photo shoot. She could have said in any photo herself and be put into the photo but we were trying to get her but what we do have what is guaranteed right now hang on oh shit i'm changing hello cunnies (laughs) (laughs) isn't it great to be here today my name's dr fucking jekyll okay i mean mr Hyde, eddie Hyde. sorry i've got personality disorder i would love to tell you that the other thing that we definitely have on the cards that is happening is mr jonathan depp Playing the Invisible Man. <laughs> so that's what Do you the whole video. You would did. call it the Invisible Mate. <laughs> the Invisible Mate. <laughs> it makes more sense. It's the Invisible Mate. Okay, hello. It's the Invisible Mate. <laughs> oh God! Please like and subscribe to Prodigium.com. <laughs> It's a faithful reminiscence of what it used to be, okay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We've had some good Invisible Mang chats uh, the last couple of uh, weeks. Yeah, we liked that original film. That was so fun to talk about Claude Rain's little choke, (laughs) bouncing (laughs) up and down in the cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was, I think, that's a movie that, like the other classic Universal Monster movies, when you watch them, they're always surprising with what they're doing. And And sometimes scary. Yes, you freaked out. You were like, I can't believe how funny this is. I'm scared. They're trying to take my job. These old people are trying to take my job. And then uh, we checked out Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man, which came out just a few weeks ago. In fact, I've been seeing a lot of good praise for it online. Mm. I think we're ahead of the curve with um, people really digging this. In fact, this morning... On this horrible, disgusting little website called Prodigium.net, <laughs> <laughs> which is a ripoff of Prodigium.com. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, I saw Elijah Wood tweeted, Yeah. The Invisible Man was the most fun I've had watching a horror movie in some time. Precision, intense filmmaking from Lee Winnell, anchored by an incredible performance from Elizabeth Moss. And that's freaking Frodoid telling yeah. you that. Frodoid? The world's harshest film critic from Middle Earth? It's probably the first movie he's ever seen. Yeah. And it blew his freaking mind. Because normally he can't even see the TV. It's too high up. Exactly. TVs are mounted on walls nowadays. And you know what is fascinating? No one better than Frodoid himself knows the dangers of becoming invisible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He popped that little pinky on. He popped that little um, he popped that... disappearing cloak on. Or yes. whatever it's called. No, what's a ring? That's yeah. the whole movie. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> 
It's the whole movie's about the ring really, that turns him I invisible. Think, I think I just uh, look. If I'm totally 100 percent honest with you, I watch them both on the same on different screens, <laughs> side by side, because yeah. that's the only way I can cram in content. Yeah, exactly. And often films do blend together for me. Well, if you've got two screens popping up next to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. just watching them all. I've got one eyeball mm-hmm. on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, one eyeball yeah. on the Harry Potter. I think there's seven or eight of them. Yeah, and I just you play them all at once. Yeah, as well. I play them all at once. Cameron's uh, lounge room setup is not unlike uh, Dennis Hopper's in Speed, where it's just a wall <laughs> full of <laughs> shitty monitors. One's playing the game, the rest are playing <laughs> footage of a bus, and the rest yeah. are just like, you know, a couple of movies here or there. It's really similar to that. It's the only way I can get all the content in these days. Yeah. I mean, the world's full of freaking content. Oh, you're telling me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's exciting. And thank you, Frodo, for becoming a film critic. <laughs> So we liked The Invisible Man by Lee mm, Winnell, so did Frodoid, and so did a bunch of other people. Yep. And now it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Not from The Invisible Man as a whole, but from from H.G. Wells' canon. Mm-hmm. It's time to move on to movies that are inspired by The Invisible Man. There's yes. been a few of them. There's been a few of them. For example, Frodo. Uh, yeah. That's inspired by the Invisible Man I think so I think it's basically the same shit It's about a little man Who puts on <laughs> something That makes him invisible And he mm. goes freaking psycho He goes absolutely batshit He goes full on sicko mode The whole time yeah. That he wears the ring He goes ape shit Jay-Z style mm-hmm. And then there's also uh, Harry Potter Similar deal there There's yeah. also memoir He puts on Oh memoirs of memoirs. Invisible Man I'll tell you I'm about halfway through it At the moment you're taking your time with it. I'm taking my time. It's I'm that sitting good. with it. Cameron likes it's to have good. Uh, lots of screens playing one, con- like lots of different content. Yeah. I like to take my time with one piece of content. You treat a film like a series. Yeah. I've got um, screens, one in each room. So I can wander from room to room mm. and just slowly take in things. Yeah. I've got the same thing playing every room, wander around, go, okay, what does it feel like in here? Do you know Eddie Murphy apparently used to do that with his own talk show appearances he'd have it playing on loop in every room of his house so he Whoa. could everywhere he walked there was him on johnny carson or um him with Arsenio dick or yeah. dick cavett talking <laughs> so so he could like constantly be watching himself and getting <laughs> getting better at being on talk shows i think like he wanted to take on <laughs> i don't know he's the honestly psycho. Well, I, the way you're telling me this and the way that I'm feeling is identical. We're both feeling sick here again. <laughs> We're both slowly like stop looking at each other. <laughs> Just going, oh, God, no. What a psycho. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So, all right. Yeah, you do that that way. I'm watching you're... The Memoirs of Invisible Man, yeah. And how far into it are you? I'm about 48 minutes. And is it really good? It's way better than I expected. Really? Yes, because it has a negative, um, a negative reputation, but I think partially due to it's 1992. Mm. It's Chevy Chase as the lead, mm. and I think that that is peak people starting to hate Chevy. Of course, where he's no longer a big comedy star. Mm-hmm. It's years after Fletch and stuff like that, yep. and it's around the time leading up to him trying to join the late night war. And yeah. have his very ill-fated, uh-huh. um, ill-fated Tonight Show style show. Yeah, very true. I think he'd only ever done. He'd only really only had like two or three hits in his actual film career at this yeah. point. Everything else had been a tank. Yeah, 
and like you know, it's after like so many tanks. And this uh, is Carpenter, isn't it? It's John Carpenter as well, so it looks good. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the cast of this movie because I I wouldn't recommend this to everyone out there. But I think Cameron, I know that you're a Chevy Chase fan, love the guy, and I think that this movie will appeal enough to you to kind of get into it because it's got a fabulous cast. Um, it's Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah, hmm. Sam Neill, Michael McKean. <laughs> Stephen Tobolowski. <laughs> that's crazy. Like already, that's everyone. That's a crazy cast. And then there'll be like other like you know eighties and nineties character actors that you're like, oh, I love that person. Yeah, you see right. Enough people popping up. It's the whole thing is Chevy Chase playing a cad that accidentally becomes invisible. And he's got some great like one liner pickup line style things, and it's kind of like a little bit more. It's got a slightly serious tone to it as well. Mm. So it's kind of fun. The effects are sick. There's like a, the first time you see him invisible, it's like him talking direct to camera, leaving his memoirs. Like, this is my story. And he starts chewing gum. So he puts gum in his mouth and you're just seeing it masticate in there with nothing huh. happen. And like, it's very practical looking the way that they're doing it. And then it starts blowing bubbles and popping them in his mouth. Fuck. And so that's like a cool funny, weird little effect to just start selling your Invisible Man movie with. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie that's entertaining that I think you will like is that we see Chevy the whole time. His suits become invisible as well that he was wearing at the time. So he's just like in rooms acting as if no one can see him and like having to like squirm around people and stuff and like walking the streets. That's pretty cool. There's times that you don't see him. There's times that you see like he's like, he's wearing a coat with no head and like the way that we've known to see the invisible man with bandages or like Mm. scarves around him and stuff. They've got all that, but it is really, it's really enjoyable to see Chevy chase (laughs) pretend he's invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is fun. Maybe I'll check it out. I think I've, Mm. Uh, it's one of those ones that I know the front cover of it yep. off by heart because yes. I used to see it at the video shop all the time when I was young. Mm-hmm. And it's got, I think I was very turned off by the cover because I quite liked Chevy. Yeah. But the way that they've gotten him on the cover is his head is invisible, but his face, you, you can, can still s- see some of his yeah. features. So it's like no ears, no head or whatever, but you can still see like Chevy's eyes, nose, and mouth. And yeah. I was just like, this looks like fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> and also lame. makes me want to vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sick to hear it. Almost as if I just found out that Eddie Murphy used to watch his talk show appearances on a loop throughout his entire house. Oh, as he dude. walked, getting changed, <laughs> hopping out of the shower, putting on robes. It's just him listening to his talk show appearances. Oh, they're all psychos. God, you hope he lived alone at the time. I think he did, yeah. Because just imagine, like, your family. Apart from his entourage. Like, that's kind of me now. I'll listen to a podcast on my phone as I'm walking around the house, like, doing dishes. But as soon as my partner comes, I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah, of course. It's embarrassing for someone to walk in when you're consuming content. Yeah. Imagine if that content was you. Oh, yeah. Uh, What if it is Total Reboot? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I was just listening back to an edit. I'm I'm editing. I'm editing. It's on your phone. Shut up. (laughs) It's a six-month-old episode. No, it's not. Oh, I wish I was an invisible man. (laughs) 
What else is there in the canon of ripped off Invisible Man? There's another funny version um, that's from like an. I think it's an anthology movie. I've never caught up with it, but I watch the Invisible Man segments as well. Uh, it's called Amazon Women on the Moon, right? And it's John Landis, Joe Dante, people like that. Okay, yeah, making like a Universal Monsters like B tribute, B movie tribute. When's this from? I've never I, by the way, I did a B movie tribute the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't explain what that is. I'm not going to. Let Just people, leave it out there. Let people figure that one yeah. out. And, and then, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the I don't really know what it is. I think it's an anthology horror comedy, but they've got these clips from the Invisible Man version in there, uh-huh. and it's Ed Bagley Jr. as the Invisible Man, who's, I think, one of your favorite comic <laughs> actors. I mean, I've never said that, but I think that's fair to say. As soon as I was watching him in it, I'm like, yeah, this is Cameron James-style comedy. Like, he's so funny. <laughs> He's such a brilliant sketch performer. I do love Ed Begley Jr. And he's also a strawberry blonde boy. He's a strawberry blonde boy. He's a good improviser. He has a good, bizarre presence on mm. the screen and everything that he's in. And this utilizes that better than maybe anything I've ever seen him in. Because really? the whole premise is it's shot to look exactly like the original Invisible Man. Mm. It looks beautiful, looks incredible. Ed Begley Jr. is the Invisible Man. Uh, but the catch is he isn't. He just thinks he is. So he's running around naked, like pulling pranks and stuff. <laughs> and like doing all the kind of crazy like monologues that the Invisible Man is doing. But it's everyone can see him and is just humoring him. <laughs> <laughs> who directed that? I'm not sure. That I is think, so funny. I'm not sure who put that's that real, together. That feels so Mel Brooksy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's great. But Do he's really funny. Do you see dingus in it? Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's freaking dingus, okay? <laughs> but you see his absolute bingus hole, okay? <laughs> his beast hole's on display. <laughs> he bends down and pops a little fart so you see it open for a second and then oh, close up on it. Good lord. Good lord. <laughs> that is sickening. Oh, wow. Oh, that's funny. I can't, I've can't. i never even heard of that. Neither had I until looking this up. And it John just, Landis and I Joe Dante. I think it's Dante. Joe Dante. And a few others. I mean, that's a good... It's a good crew already of like horror comedy dudes. Yeah, you know, horror comedy dudes, you know, some of them evil and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Amazon Winham on the Moon, that's from 1987. And the directors are John Landis, Joe Dante, Peter Horton, Carl Gottlieb and Robert K. Weiss. So two big names. Isn't Carl Gottlieb one of the writers behind Jaws? He is indeed. He did all the Jaws. Mm. And he did the Jerk too. Mm. The original. The Jerk, also. (laughs) (laughs) But the other movie that we're talking about today, also similar to the Invisible, the Memoirs of an Invisible Man, I know it as a DVD cover, video Mm. cover that Mm. haunted me. I know it as a trailer. Absolutely. A trailer attached to some other movie that I must have rented a lot around that time. I don't know what it would have been. Deep Blue Sea or something like that, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's that era. (laughs) Yeah. Like late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Era, it's on uh, the Six Sense DVD, perhaps, it, or something. Probably something like that. And it's some um, scary trailer for mm-hmm. a young person to see. Yeah. Largely because it's also quite a sexy trailer. Yes. And I think at that age, when you're like, you know, 12, 13, whatever, sexiness and scariness going together is utterly fucking horrifying. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's like touching on two things Mm -hmm. that you're like... Forbidden. Yeah, that are forbidden forbidden for you. Yeah, Yeah. and it's... So I I know the trailer. All I knew about Hollow Man 
2000. Yeah. Home Man 2000. Home Man 2000. Home Man 2000. That's what it's called. Yeah. It should be called that. Yeah. In fact, every movie that came out in the year 2000 <laughs> should be called whatever it is, 2000. Gladiator 2000. Yeah. They should <laughs> yeah. all be called that. Yeah, I think it's great. Because Blues Brothers 2000 tried to kick that off in yes. 1998. <laughs> they tried to get ahead of the curve. They're like, honestly, we can foresee. Everyone's going to be doing this. Every single movie is going to do this. No, 100% <laughs> Dan Aykroyd would have been thinking that. He would have been going, trust me, guys, I've seen Shit. the future. Every movie will be yeah. called 2000. Trust me, guys, I literally have seen the future. I know this. I'm a guy that goes to bed and my eyes wander into the year 2000 and plus. Okay? <laughs> In that, I was talking to I was talking to you yesterday about um, Dan Aykroyd's seven-minute internet ad for Crystal Head's Skull Vodka or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. his vodka brand yeah. is called. The opening line of it is, Hi, I'm Dan Aykroyd. Ever since I was a young man, I've been fascinated by the invisible world. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been so pissed that Chevy got to do an invisible oh, man he would have been movie. So upset. Dan so Aykroyd upset. has never been offered a movie he wanted to do, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon Dan, no one's ever gone, Dan, you got to be in my sci-fi. Man, like, You're in, in my girl. Yeah. You're the dad in my girl. Okay. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm really holding out hope for Jupiter Ascending or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, poor Dan, whatever Poor Dan <clears throat> Wish you the best out there, Danny Danny, we, you're one of the great sketch actors Who just, honestly, unfortunately, not not a movie star And unfortunately, you've lost your mind if You, you, ever went, had one. you went insane <laughs> yeah. somewhere along the way Dan, unfortunately, you're the George Lucas of comedy Yeah And you didn't have enough people to rein you in Yeah, great ideas, but absolutely batshit insane You mm. need to be, you need to have Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis with you at all times. And honestly, you probably think you do have them with you at all times because that's <laughs> shit that you would believe in, that they've passed on to just be around you at all times. <laughs> oh, Danny. Anyway, so we're not talking about Danny. We're talking about Hollow Man 2000. Hollow Man 2000 came out in the year 2000. And like you, I think that I'd never seen this movie. Mm. But I've thought about it maybe for hundred of hundreds of hours before seeing it. Yeah. It just stuck yeah. with me. I remember the rumors because this came out when I was in primary school, and the rumors about this movie were huge. Yeah. They were just like, "Bro, it's so scary. Mm. You see a guy go invisible, and it's yeah. fucked up. It's absolutely he fucked up. He does fucked up you shit. See all you his see muscles. him. You see his muscles. You see him touch a tit and stuff. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, no, no, he no. So spies scary. on people getting unchanged. Yeah, he does worse things than that. Yeah, like. It's this is a movie that only exists for people between the ages of 10 and 15. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't... Even when we've now watched it, mm. I still don't really know what the target demographic is. Yes, because I think the Invisible... The Hollow Man 2000 in this movie, the titular 2000 character, he is a 14-year-old boy, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's... That's what he... <laughs> he's already a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Oh, should we dive straight in and We're start gonna talking about to. it? Yeah. I think we should. Let's inject ourselves with this serum and go absolutely <laughs> fucking Hollow Man 2000 on this. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Ed. Your team's in earlier today. Something special going on? Sorry, Ed. You know the rules. If we're going to move forward, this is the next logical step. I'm ready for you. Are you sure? Positive. Here goes nothing. Sebastian? Are you in here? So, what's it like being a ghost? Ghost or dead? I'm very much alive. <laughs> 
Hollow Man 2000, directed by Paul Verhoeven. What would you do if you knew you couldn't be seen? I think there's a missed opportunity there for another rhyme. It should be, what would you do if you knew that you could do do? <laughs> it's not it. <laughs> That's a very enticing tagline. Yeah, because you're like, God, what would I Jeez do? Jeez Louise, I guess <laughs> Maybe I'd... I would touch a tit. <laughs> Maybe I'd watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the cool thing is you can watch a movie all the time because you can't close your eyes. You can see through them. So you can watch a movie nonstop. Oh, I forgot that's a thing. You don't miss a second. That's my dream to have, is that I have invisible eyelids. So I can, even when I'm watching a movie and I need a blink, is I that, don't stop is watching that, it. That's in this movie, yeah, right? He yeah. says I can see through my eyelids. Because that opens so many questions. Yeah. Like, No, I, I don't. I remember being very deeply uncomfortable by him mm. saying that in this movie. Yeah, that was like the first touch. I was like, "Oh, that's cool in this movie." I didn't think it was cool. I was like, "This is fucking." It's scary. This is really insane. Uh, uh, go cocky on. researcher Sebastian Kane is cool working name. on a project to make living creatures invisible, and he's so confident he's found the right formula that he tests it on himself and soon begins to vanish. The only problem is. No one can determine how to make him visible again. Hmm. Kane's predicament eventually drives him mad with terrifying results. The guy touches a tit almost <laughs> instantly. Yeah, that was within within 12 hours of going invisible. Yeah. So I, it's like, Jesus Christ, this, where's he going to go from here? Yeah. That's a huge leap already to be like, I'll do whatever I want. I'll touch this woman's tit. I think that Horrible. what I was surprised by this movie is that obviously, obviously the Hollow Man is a scumbag. Yeah. Every Invisible Man that we've seen so far, mm. it's intrinsically linked to this character that he becomes mad with uh, an idea of using his invisibility to gain power of some kind mm. or uh, to gain power of some kind to get up to no good as he's invisible. And there's already something rotten about the guy uh, before that happens to him. Mm. They already have that idea for power. And I was surprised that this... Invisible Man's uh, want for power was so local and so tied to only being predatorial uh, from the minute you see him. Like, he's the first time you see him, he's in his bedroom, like, like tapping away at a computer or something. And then the next part of the scene is him watching his neighbor get changed. Yeah. And it's like, already this guy is filth. He sucks. Yeah. The whole thing with him and Elizabeth Shue is like him who plays his ex-girlfriend in the, in the movie and, and colleague co-worker, yeah. is just like him like predatorily going like, oh, come back with come me. Come on. back together. Come on, one last ride. And it's like, excuse me, she's dating Josh Brolin now. Who is a lovely... Lovely guy, really good looking guy, mm-hmm. better boyfriend, and we know him from movies, so yeah. we're already like, no, no. No, know, this is Goonies. Josh Brolin's from Goonies, so... He's Goonies, bro. He's really nice, so don't say that to her, because she's actually with a really nice boyfriend. Yeah, she's with a really nice guy, so, you know, F off. F off Kevin Baconoid. Yeah, so the bacon is sizzling in this movie, Cameron. Do you like Kevin Bacon? Uh, you know what? He's one of those guys who's just been... In movies my whole life mm-hmm. And he's he was a star at this point Yeah I don't think he is anymore But yeah. he was And yeah. I think I like him Because I just knew him from stuff Yeah, like, I what I've so. known him from Tremors Footloose Freaking Footloose Freaking um, that movie Oh Diner Isn't he in Diner? Uh, yes, Animal mm-hmm. House 
Animal House, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I like I like him, but I largely only know him for playing sleazy creeps. Mm. And I've never experienced him maybe as a leading man like this before. Mm. So it was kind of interesting to see him be the lead of this movie and carry this movie where he is also at all times the antagonist of it. I think that's yeah. what kind of impressed me about this movie because I think honestly, if I had to like come down and say it, I think I love this movie because it is full <laughs> psycho from the first second of the film. You know what? It's like it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm, but I thought it would be absolute trash. Me too, and it is sort of. Yes, but it's. The, I think the trashiest parts are. Before he becomes mm. invisible, and you're just watching a uh, 1999 2000 sci fi, yeah. like you know, that there was that era in time where there was heaps of horror sci fi movies set in labs. Mm-hmm. Everyone who works there is hot, yeah, um, except for one nerd. There's always one nerd who's a li- maybe funny, yeah, he's maybe a funny character, yeah, that's it. Maybe some funny nerd guy, or there's like a schlubby. Like kind of stonery guy who's mm. always snacking and yep. shit. Every lab looked slick, like that kind of concrete. They looked like um, a Doctor Evil's lair, where yes. it would be kind of like underground, and you see like natural exactly. cave formation, and then there'd be a glass window booth that yep. looks down upon everything else. And there's all little names for shit. Like there's a part I think it's in this movie, or maybe I've just imagined it where because the the glass window bit is above the mm. floor of the yep. lab where someone goes like. Someone's communicating with someone up there in the glass box. And yeah. They go, everything all right there up in heaven? And the yeah. guys up in the box go like, everything's great up here. I'm like, oh, they've all got nicknames for places yeah. in the lab and shit. And I think that this movie does it really well because it's like movies that you want to be better because they've got this sick premise, like mm. Flatliners, where you're like, oh, mm. wow, this is Another Kevin a- Bacon joint. Oh, another Kevin Bacon joint. Mm. Is he? I, always, I think. He is because I always get him and Kiefer Sutherland confused and they should not be in the same movie. Aren't they both in, in it? They're yeah, both yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. They should not be allowed. That's illegal, I think. To have <laughs> yeah, they both the have movie. the same presence, right? They That's have slimy same. charisma. Mm. And the exact and, same uh, era. And fucking, what's his name? Um, shit. You Ethan know, the, the bad guy from um, Pretty in Pink or whatever? The like Oh, boyfriend? yeah, Spader. Spader, Spader. James Spader. The three of those guys. Yeah. The three Slimigos. Slimigos? No, can do. No, can do. No, can do, do it. Okay? Imagine if you're at a club and you see those two guys. <laughs> uh, get the heck out of there, okay? <laughs> They're all slimes. If you saw Spader... Uh, bacon yeah. and freaking Sutherland together, you'd honestly turn around and you'd get out of Dodge. Yeah, hop out of Dodge. <laughs> hop in a Dodge if you have to. It's a fast car. Get in a Dodge Challenger and get the heck out of Dodge City. Yeah. Because F me, these are some slime egos. <laughs> these are slime egos, okay, brother? <laughs> um, but I think all of those lab movies, those 90s lab movies, the thing that they have in common is they all absolutely... <laughs> this is a genre, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 90s lab, movie. lab yeah, movies. It is. <laughs> it is. It's like 90s lab horror. Yeah. Huge genre. Huge. Huge. Huge genre. Huge genre. Huge genre. But they were all like hot on the heels of Jurassic Park. Thank which you. Which was such a big influence Michael Crichton. Oh my god! Crichton has a lot to answer for. Crichton invented the '90s lab genre <laughs> in the '70s. He was the one that developed the lab genre. He was it, in the lab cooking up lab horror, yeah. and people were like, "We're not ready. We're not ready." Twenty yeah. years later, biggest genre in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> That was me pressing pause on the podcast. (laughs) 
to take a little moment to plug Generation Batuta, a new podcast brought to you by the Batuta Advocate, only available now on Spotify. Generation Batuta is a half-hour news segment on the country's premier station, Desert Rock FM. The show is hosted by Louis Burke, who fiercely brings the truth to the most often forgotten Australian demographic, the youth. Covering the most important issues in the nation, pill testing, sniffer dogs and weird sex stuff to make sure you listen until the end. Generation Batuta also keeps you up to date with national and world news as well as the incidents that are isolated to Batuta. The show often features investigative reports, social issues and discussion via the text line as well as interviews with interesting people, experts and politicians before topping it all off with ripping tune banger from the most erect new artists. (laughs) It's all presented by Louis Berg, the questionably older voice of the youth who is joined by social justice reporter Katrina Sacramento and youth gonzo journalist at Evan97, <laughs> who risk life, limb and clout to bring you the stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share. Plus with a controversial mayor, racist cooking show and deforestation that is endangering dozens of native bush dwarfs. It goes without saying, there's a lot to unpack, but Louis and the Generation Batuta team will be able to do it with the open ears of the woke youth and the open mouth of entitled, privately educated adults. It's funny, dude. Check it out or just honestly go to heck. What do you think of that? I think that sounds great. I can't wait for it. Let's have a little listen to of what it sounds like right now. G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta. The stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change, and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. I am. You are. We are. Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify. Man, I'm so excited for this podcast. I think the Batuta Advocate guys do so much exciting stuff with Australian comedy right now. It's so the cutting edge of what feels like uh, Australian comedy has been building up to. It's beautiful satire. And not only that, I know that my dearest friend, Cameron James, is on this freaking podcast. I mean, I do a couple of voices for it. They, You're the star, you I'm told me. I'm not the star. I You've never said I was the for star. Months that I'm the star of this <laughs> I show. I said I do two voices in the fucking thing. Look, you said, sit down, I'm about to tell you something amazing. I'm the star of this new podcast. I go, <laughs> okay, okay, what is it? <laughs> I love Batuta. I love those guys. They make me laugh every day. I'm jealous of them because they write better satire than I do most mm-hmm. of the time. And that pisses me off because yes. your job is <laughs> my job is to write satire. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Batuta Advocate and you guys are going to love Generation Batuta. Listen to it on Spotify. It's funny as fuck. It's funny, it's sexy, it's cool, and baby, that's what I like about it. Oh shit, that is so funny. That's it is so true. <laughs> yeah. Working in the lab late one night is yeah. the biggest genre of the 1990s. <laughs> and they're all about like that classic horror, not even a trope, but like it's something that's necessary for horror to work. Mm. Is an idea that we've talked about in the past, but I don't think it's come up yet in the Invisible Man series, is that idea of transgression, mm. which is 
uh, all so yeah. tied to playing God. playing God, that idea of, uh, you know, 90s lab horror movies <laughs> where they are transgressing against mm-hmm. God, against nature. Mm-hmm. And it starts like in movies and literature with like Frankenstein. Sure. Where, uh, or the modern Prometheus. The modern Prometheus. from the fucking gods. Exactly. So it comes all the way from mythology where you will do something beyond what is nature, beyond going into the supernatural. You cross that line, you transgress, and then uh, supernatural, paranormal, medieval, mm. mythological forces, um, forces from heaven and hell, and God come back to get you become haunted by them yeah. and every like most horror movies have that idea of transgression and then uh, the danger is you are owed by this unstoppable force or something to get you Flatliners has it for sure Jurassic Park has it mm-hmm. they all have this thing but in like the gothic era it's like going against gods and like yeah. science going against God and in the 90s one I think the 90s lab horror we go back to that idea it's going against God, but it's also going against nature yeah. as well, you know. And the idea of um, this movie sets up from the very beginning. Okay, I want to see Sebastian Kane get punished because mm. <clears throat> he's made animals invisible, and yeah. they're all in an immense amount of pain. Yeah, like so. It's literally he transgresses nature. Yeah, from the fucking beginning of the movie where he's hurting dogs and gorillas. Mm. So we're watching going, oh, this asshole. I hope yeah. he gets his come up. The transgression's already transpired. Yeah. And then they go that step further by challenging, like, what is man? Like, yeah. what is capable for man? And I think that it, the way that it does that in a scary way is so good, where the first shot of the movie is you're seeing this little mouse scurrying in a cage and it's, like, going to drink this, like, water. And you're immediately going like, oh, that's the serum. He's going to drink the Invisible Man Mm. serum. Ew. (laughs) Ew, he's feeding his Invisible Man serum to a mouse? That sounds disgusting. That is a transgression. Yeah, that... Good lord. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> but you're like, oh, the mouse is going to drink that serum and we're going to see it go invisible. But then the and mouse... And then you're, th- you're thinking, sick. You're like, okay. This is sick. I this can't wait to see this. some primo 90s lab horror. The biggest genre right now. And it's it's doing it perfectly. <laughs> but then like you're immediately, your expectations are challenged because you just start seeing this mouse float. He's being grabbed. Mm-hmm. And then he gets chomped on absolutely crushed and then chomped on yeah it gets chomped on and then you see the blood of the mouse splatter and you're like oh it's the unmissable fangs of a gorilla yeah it's been already there's already shit happening in this world we're not witnessing the beginning of this serum we're halfway through its we're creation. We're halfway through the creation. We're four years into development. Yeah. and As that... we learn at the Pentagon. <laughs> As we learn at the Pentagon. <laughs> That's another staple of this mm. era of lab horror is they brought in real world um, yeah. government bodies into these sort yeah. of movies to be like, we'll have the EPA come in yeah. or the CIA. We've got the president on the line president to give us the okay on this To say stuff. yay or nay. Yeah. And often a man in, dressed in military yeah. like... Suit with exactly. like badges and shit on will be like you've gone too far. Yeah, you've gone too <laughs> far with like this that. one. What are you doing? You're challenging God. I think it's cool. That's Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton is technically in this movie. I think, or Bill is this Bush era? 
No, this is... 2000? Yeah, it's that, that it's swapping over, So I think. Bill Clinton, if he was there, he would have yeah. been like, all right, you're going to go invisible? That's yeah. great. Fast track it to me. I got some Jeez. ideas. Louise, I got a few things I wouldn't mind doing if I was I, He's the one who's, who, put, who, who said, I want to go invisible. You I see, got some ideas. You see a saxophone floating? <laughs> Bill, is that you? Oh, no. <laughs> He's the one that commissioned it. He goes to them, listen, get me this shit. Get me invisible. I've got some ideas. I I think those were his exact words. (laughs) And also does it in a funny way where the idea of transgression is one of our classic nerd in the lab coat character Mm. who's up in heaven, I'm doing quotations. (laughs) He is going like, this is God. And like talking, like does this, this is God speech. That's like this funny way of just going like, yes, we know that we're doing this transgression thing. Oh, okay, they're fucking shit up. We're about to F shit up. Are you guys willing to? go and they're like shut up dude we're already there we're four years in clinton's down our back he's he's only got a year left in office and he wants to fuck shit up okay oh god so sebastian kane who i think is one of the worst names i've ever (laughs) it's real xander cage oh so sebastian kane all these fucking names it's Mm. like I feel like they're the names of wrestlers, not real people. You know what I mean? Like Sebastian yeah. Kane. Like this My is not a real Xavier person. Steel. Yeah, and stuff like that. If your last name was Kane, K A N E, or however the fuck he spells yeah. it, you wouldn't give your child a name as harsh and cold as Sebastian. Yes, exactly. You call him like Barry or something. Yeah, Gregory Kane. Yeah, you give him like a nice name. Yeah, something friendly to cut off the edge of Kane. Because you know? Kane's hardcore. Yeah, Kane is a hardcore name. <laughs> It's the name of the fucking first murderer, yeah. <laughs> according to the Bible. <laughs> so you've got to go something more sweet, you know? Yeah. Like Wally. Wally Kane. Hello? I'm Wally Kane. <laughs> I'm going to go, go visible. visible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Mike Myers baby character now. <laughs> so I'm Wally I think, Kane. Uh, I want to have a bath. The first like 25 minutes of mm. this before Sebastian goes invisible. Yep. I was like, this is trashy fucking shit. Yeah. This is so of the time. Mm, and it's I by hate, the master of trash. Yeah, I hate the dynamics between everyone. I hate the sexual mm-hmm. politics. Yeah. I hate all these characters. But I have to admit, the moment that Sebastian crosses the threshold yeah. and we are dealing with an invisible man, the effects were so good that yes. I was in I was all in. And I think it's of that era of late nineties lab horror movies where <laughs> the effects are like the CGI is cutting edge but used really thoughtfully the way that like mm. Jurassic Park mm. and stuff does it. Yeah. Uh, where today sure like when it's like him fully like going muscle like you just see his muscles that does suck like it looks definitely like that's uh, Robbie Williams, Robbie Williams style. <laughs> when he's going full Robbie Williams when he wants to rock DJ yeah 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 you know he that, goes full rock DJ he goes absolutely movie. rock DJ for moments in this movie like it looks a little dated but because the yeah. effects are so thoughtfully done I watched a documentary on the DVD that I borrowed from the library of this movie and the effects guy literally says it's like we're playing guard Oh, and he, it's like, he knew what's up. He knew what's up. He's like, this guy's in a few 90s lab movies. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what's up with this shit. But um, they're so thoughtfully done and so mm. made to feel real. Mm. And I think it's like, with another director, I don't think you'd be 
getting this. Like Paul Verhoeven is like the master of trash and bringing it and heightening it just enough and kind of playing with like the politics of it all or the like um, the idea of like transgression of it all so well. Like the guys made masterpieces like Robocop, which is like the epitome of like kind of trashy, crazy, weird sci-fi stuff mm. that is, like, so full of brilliant <laughs> ideas and as well, like, the whole... Like, I think Robocop is the best Jesus Christ movie ever made and it's, like, brilliant. Like, he's just... The way that he does everything and, like, is so controversial and strange is so good. If any other director, like a Brett Ratner, who's, like, you know... Obviously, like, you know, uh, Paul Verhoeven has made mostly grubby movies like this... Mm. L uh, showgirls and stuff like that but he does it in a way where it's like oh we're gonna have fun with this trash if someone like Brett Ratner who's also a grub made this this would just be like yuck like yeah. actually really really yuck mm. whereas this is yuck in a way that you can kind of delight in it mm. and I think that the way that he controls the effects and stuff is so good and so nuanced and like so exciting like the way that he kind of like you know lots of it is Kevin Bacon wearing a morph suit, but it's a way so that way it's not just like a tennis ball there, and they're going to put the effects mm. in later because they have to put stuff in and then take it away. So it's, he was in, bl- he was wearing blue. He was wearing blue. blue he was wearing morph. green. He had mm. his face painted to be like completely blue, but so you could still see his face, so the other actors could actually play with it as well. What about the inside of his mouth? So the inside of his mouth, I think they just would have keyed it out. I think because they would have keyed it out, you know. I don't think they poured paint onto his teeth like, Can and you stuff. drink this? What is it? It's blue paint. <laughs> We're putting blue okay, ink on well, you. Fuck me up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. It's fucking blue paint. We're coating man. your mouth with blue paint. It's going to go all the way down your esophagus so we can key it out a little bit easier. <laughs> What do you think? No, it's yeah. going to be good for you. Yeah. You fucking idiot. But um, I think that it works. And there's like a scene where I actually fell in love with this movie mm. where there's a moment where he kind of first becomes like absolutely invisible. Like when she's, it's when he's like invisible on the table for the first time. Mm. And the Elizabeth Shoe's coming to take like the little the nodules off him, like the little mm. medical... The little medi- uh, electronic zapper thing. Yeah, yeah. whatever those Those things, things that are. are in everything. Some monitors, they put them on your chest, put them on your head, and she's taking them off and they're just coming off nothing. And then uh, she says, are you looking at me? Mm. And then the camera cuts back to nothing. Mm. And I think just the way that Verhoeven uses the camera in this moment, you can't see anything. You can't see Kevin Bacon... But I felt the gesture that Kevin Bacon was doing. Like mm. I felt the way that his face, his head would cock and kind of mm. smirk at her. Mm. And just like the way that he holds it, the way the camera moves just ever so slightly. I was like, oh, fuck, you're actually watching like a master filmmaker make a fucking trash movie right mm. now. Who's able to like imbue these like these like emotional feelings and like use... Into like, shots of nothing. Into shots of but nothing. But that's, look, that's casting too. Like mm. I think... Uh, as much as I kind of really didn't like the first 25, yeah. I'm glad I got it because yes. you're right. Every time there's a shot of nothing, I am seeing Kevin Bacon's face yes. in my mind. Like it's yes. like a ghost imprint in my head of mm. me imagining what his face would be doing now or mm. where he'd be standing. And it's a nice thing to have where you're kind of, you know, the actor's face, you know, his slimy, grotty, fucking yeah. slime he ego impressions. So when you when you don't see him, you imagine it. Mm. 
And thank God. Yes. Yeah. that slime ball's face. Thank it's... God, and we do every day because we don't want him to go up against us. I d- absolutely hate to transgress. I've never God. transgressed, and I never shall. No I way. love you, God, and I love you, butter. This is a Christian. <laughs> It's a Christian podcast and also pro butter, apparently. Yeah, pro butter, but it's not just Christian. We every faith. We don't want to yeah, yeah, accidentally yeah. transgress. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. All yeah. faiths, all faiths, all gods. Yes, all monsters. <laughs> <laughs> we respect you all. Um, I think like another like great weapon in this movie that I think is like down to casting as well. Elizabeth Shue is so good as the colleague, as the ex girlfriend in this. Like casting anyone else, I don't think it would work. So much like I think this movie would actually truly be the disaster that we've thought it to be mm. all this time if it wasn't for her because she's got such a strong actress with like just this right level of presence, this right level chutzpah to kind of go up against everything that Kevin Bacon is doing against all like the transgression stuff, but also to kind of like have this independence. But Elizabeth Shue's secret weapon is like she has this vulnerability. And kindness to her and to her peers in this that um, really is like the strength of this performance because we feel scared for her all the time. Even though we know like, oh, she does have what it takes to get through this, Mm. to get to the other end of it. And she is part of the transgression as well. But uh, it's the vulnerability that makes it quite scared, like a a scary, uh, you feel for her, that empathy for her. Took me so long to realise that she was Jennifer from Back to the Future. Yeah, or I didn't, Jennifer 2. Jennifer 2, yeah. yeah. I didn't really... Uh, Jennifer 2, please. Uh, Jennifer 2 over here, please. Back to the Future 2 as well. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, I didn't like... Uh, I didn't know it. I was trying to figure out where I knew her from and why I like was comforted by her mm. screen presence. And I think <laughs> that's really what it came down to for me. About halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. it's freaking Jennifer. That's why yeah. I like her. And I'm like, She's also a Karate her. Kid. She's Karate Kid? Yeah, she's yeah. the girlfriend of the Karate Kid. She's great in this. In fact, I, I think pretty much the rest of the lab crew are great. Mm. Bro- it's so funny seeing Brolin in something like this because to my mind, he was in Goonies yeah. and then he was in Nothing Until No Country for Old Men. Yes. It's such a delight to like watch these like 90s movies and go, oh, wow, Brolin's in this? Yeah. Because it's a surprise every time. Every time you see like uh, someone who's considered a prestige actor who kind of mm. broke through in their mid to late 30s, mm. Josh Brolin, Michael Shannon or yeah. whatever, anytime you see them in a film when they're young... It's so exciting. Yeah. I just watched, uh, rewatched for the millionth time, uh, Groundhog Day. Mm. And Michael Shannon is in that in this yeah. tiny little He's like role. The, the, the wrestling fan, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, shit, these guys have been around forever. This yeah. is why they're so good. Because they've just been around forever. Yeah. Working. And like doing these lovely little supporting roles. Like, Brolin's great in this. And it could Brolin... have been fucking anyone, man. It could have been, been any anyone. hot... Dude with glasses. Chris O'Donnell could have been doing it. Could have been Chris Knopf. It fucking could have been either of those yeah. guys. The 90s had Chris's <laughs> too, okay? It's not just the 2010s. The 90s had cool Chris's like Chris North, Chris O'Donnell. Um, Christian Slater. Yes, that's another Chris. Christian Slater. They're all these classic 90s Chris's. Chris Martin. <laughs> but no, it was uh, Brolin. And he really like... You can see that he's a great actor already mm. in this. He's really giving it more than he needs to give yeah. it. Yeah. 
And he's really good at bringing that humanity in and like helping ground Elizabeth Shue's character mm. as well, give her... And I, I believe their relationship at all times. Mm. Like, I believe that they're keeping a secret. They don't want to because they're good people as well. Whereas, like, Sebastian Kane, Kevin Bacon, is, like, supreme asshole. Like, he's yeah. the worst. Like we said, the first thing that we see him do when he becomes invisible is he starts, like, living his desires. And he goes to, like... He literally... <laughs> Within the first 10 hours, he goes, uh, when one of the other lab partners is asleep, he goes up to her, undoes her top and touches her tit, like in the first like 10 hours. Yeah. And he like, that's fucked. And then there's another lab partner that goes to the bathroom and like, she's sure that he's in there with her. Mm. It's like, this guy's a creep. They all hate him. They all have to work with him. Yeah. Even though he is undeniably funny. He's undeniably the funniest comedian of all time. Oh my god, that is! Remember, you know what scene I'm talking about? I know exactly about? what scene you're talking about. This is it's my, insane. My absolute worst thing that can ever happen in a movie yep. is when a character has to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I love comedy so much. Yes, and I fucking hate it when they get someone who isn't funny. Yes, playing a character who isn't funny. Yep. Tell a fucking long joke, and he like makes a twenty-five a me- second joke. <laughs> he makes a meal out of this st- old ass street joke. <laughs> and you want to tell this, the worst, one of the worst jokes ever? It's one of the worst jokes. And ever. I reckon I heard this joke around the time that this movie came out. <laughs> yeah, it's such probably. a school primary schoolyard joke. We're <laughs> like, oh yeah, aren't I the dirtiest fuck in the world for saying this? Yeah, aren't so I grown up to what's say the fuck joke? Up shit? It's um, it's about. Uh, Wonder Woman. This is, by the way, this is before he becomes invisible. Yeah. This In is fact, like he's him. on the way to the lab, yeah. getting ready to become invisible. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns to the crew that he's walking with and goes, Hey, uh, did you ever hear the one about uh, Superman and Wonder Woman? And many of you probably already know what this fucking yeah. joke is. <laughs> exactly. It's like, the, it's like a primary school joke. I don't even want to say it. It yeah. sucks. So but it's bad. the worst. It's a worst joke. And you thought that he that this this isn't in the script. I reckon that there's no way in the world that that was written into the script. I reckon Bacon, in his research, <laughs> he was googling like Invisible Man, reading up about it and shit. And this is like well, on this the is 2000, so it's like he's asking he's Jeeves. Asking Jeeves. <laughs> he's asking Jeeves. Jeeves, what can you tell me about the Invisible Man? Mm. And Jeeves is right. Jeeves like, right. well, here's a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sir, actually, I've got the greatest joke about the Invisible Man for you. It's about how Wonder Woman is being... is uh, Superman attempts to rape Wonder Woman. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's unable to rape her because Invisible Man is already raping her. So he accidentally rapes the Invisible Man. And then Kevin Bacon's like, oh, fuck. That this is, is what this movie's about. That's 100% <laughs> yeah. what's happening in this movie. This is what this movie summed up is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is this one shitty-ass street this joke. shit straight joke. Oh, so he tells the joke and it, it lasts, I reckon it felt like a full minute. Yeah. It went for so long and I just detest, mm. I, it's already so awkward when you have to tell someone a joke, a street joke anyway. Yeah. Like if that ever happens in life, mm. I don't know when it happens, but sometimes yeah. someone's like, Do you, does anyone know any funny jokes? And then you're like, I refuse to burn my material. I must use <laughs> Kevin use Bacon's great jokes. jokes. And, it's so, and it's, so, it's so hard for me to watch someone try to tell a joke, mm. try to be funny, and then also laugh at it and shit. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so cringeworthy. So yeah. he tells this shitty-ass joke and then goes in 
gets invisible and then lives the joke. Yeah, the joke. The rest of the movie, that joke was foreshadowing for the entire. It's foreshadowing, and it's so long. And I just think, like, is it even foreshadowing? Because the joke is the in the joke, the Invisible Man and Wonder Woman are having sex. And then Superman is the evil one yeah. in the joke. Superman comes down, uses his powers yeah. to be evil, to try and fuck Wonder Woman, but inadvertently fucks <laughs> the Invisible Man. The ass of the Invisible Man. <laughs> and then flies away. No one gets punished in the joke except for the Invisible Man, who yes. isn't the evil one. It doesn't translate mm, yeah. to what the movie's about. It's yeah. the worst. Kevin Baker's just like, yeah, that'll do. It's close enough. Yeah. Like, I can see that in their head, they're like, that's sort of what this movie yeah. is about. It's a dirty fucking joke. It's a dirty joke. It has sex. It has rape. It has punishment and, mm. and abuse of power. But and also none of it is analogous <laughs> to the fucking movie. Really? Yeah. None of it is directly analogous. I hate it. It's an awful joke. Awful part of the movie. And Kevin Bacon is so funny delivering <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> really, really going in on it because, like, we've talked about this weird moment for so long, but uh, it's a huge moment in the movie. Yeah, because Kevin Bacon is so big, and you just know that he's like up all night just rehearsing. Rehearsing it, in front of it. that makes me feel sick thinking of that. <laughs> like him practicing his the way his face is going to look when he tells the joke. There's yeah. nothing natural about it because it's one of those classic storytelling jokes mm. where you're like painting a picture and being like, "So Superman's flying around, right?" He's flying over New York City. His cape's flattering. He's, he's looking at stuff. His cape's flattering. It's like so fucking long. You know the greatest American icon of all time, Superman? Well, he's about you to know, do some fucked up shit. Joe Seinfeld likes it. It's actually the Snyder Cut. This joke is the, <laughs> it's Zack Snyder's version of Superman where he's going around fucking up shit. Um, I think it looks really fucking amazing though when they pour the latex on. Um, yeah. Is that not... That's maybe one of the best moments in any Invisible Man movie. I think so. And it, it kind of harkens back to one of the older Invisible Man films. I think the... The Return of the Invisible Man, the mm. sequel, and it's Vincent Price playing the character this time uh, before cool. he became the horror icon. Yeah, and he uh, there's parts in it where he they start putting makeup on him so he can be seen, mm. and so it's like it's his own face, but he's got like shitty makeup on, mm. and so it harkens back to that. And I think it's so cool, it's so scary that moment where she's like slitting the eye holes yeah, in and I love stuff. It. Really creepy. That's just the best effect in the movie. Him walking around with that fucking latex head where you can see through yeah. his eyes and mouth. And he looks like fucking Mortadella, bro. <laughs> he does look like Mortadella. He looks like Mortadella. Kevin Mortadella. <laughs> the pork product you are, unfortunately, is not bacon. It's Mortadella, maybe Spam, okay? Uh, cover girl, why your face look like pork, Okay. <laughs> It's the it's the best effect. I think oh, it's yeah. the it's amazing. Yeah. And especially like you know that it's he's under there. Like yeah. it's like it gives a physical presence to the invisible man, to the hollow man. How did they do that? Do you know? Is that the I think that would be him with um blue paint over here. Like he'll be a blue base layer. Mm. This is how you do the invisible man makeup. You base <laughs> your base is blue and then you pour like latex latex pork all over the top of it. So then you and cut then out the out other the parts, key, key out, out the blue. Out the blue yeah. yeah, I would say that's how they did it. Crazy. It looks amazing. Mm. It's uh, this movie was nominated for a fucking Oscar for what best performance best visual by an actor, <laughs> best, best, best joke. comedic <laughs> by an actor, funniest joke, yeah. <laughs> funniest best best they joke give of out the year. That Oscar. Like, this actually won the Edinburgh Finch <laughs> Festival Award for joke of the of joke of the fest. <laughs> 
in the year 2000. It lost yeah. visual effects. Best visual effects, well, too. Do you know what it won? What uh, one? It Gladiator won for making fake Oliver Reed, I think. Oh, wow. You know how they, like, fake... Yes. <laughs> Oliver Reed died during production, so yeah. they recreated his face. That actually is incredible. <laughs> that it, Like, that is... It deserves it. As cool as this movie is, yeah. Gladiator is seamless to watch today. I think Gladiator did a lot more than just fake Oliver Reed. I yeah. think there's a lot of great visual effects in Gladiator, yeah. but I had to. I but think this I had is to a showier use of visual. They effects. had to cut some Fiat's out of Rome. <laughs> there was like Fiat's yeah. and Vespas Heaps rolling around the Cosmos in the Colosseum yeah. scenes. But yeah, they had to cover true. them up with lions and shit. And tigers. <laughs> That's why they're in there. Yeah, they're covering up Vespas. Oliver Reed was riding a Vespa the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix was inside a Fiat when he filmed all these scenes. <laughs> Eating a Napolitana pizza. Yeah, they're all holding those little espresso cups the whole time. They had to put swords over them. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think the effects are so exciting. And I think that final act of the film where shit is yeah, absolutely I gotta be crazy. honest, that's where I really didn't dig it. It was that's when it became slasher movie mm. slash um alien or something. Yeah. Like it's He's stalking all of them through this fucking Dr. Evil's lab. Yeah, absolutely, the Dr. Evil's lab. <laughs> and, and you don't see him... You see him way more than you should because mm. they use every trick imaginable yeah. to show him, whether it's water coming out of the sprinklers or a, um, extinguisher, a fire extinguisher. Just like Lee Winnell's. Or steam from mm. the, a burst pipe. Yeah. So you're constantly sort of seeing him... And he's just yeah. killing people with crowbars and stuff. Like. I, th- I, every death in it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, every, <laughs> every single one got me. I got excited by it. I don't them. think it was necessarily, uh, like, I think it would have been better if he was less visible all through mm, that. I think so. The way that Lee did it, where you don't see him at all. Yeah, was, except those flashes and was stuff. the best. Yeah. I but this, so. you see him, you see him too much. Like, when he, like, he looks pushes... like the fucking Silver Surfer, like... <laughs> Running around because you running see around. him so much. Yeah, exactly. Naked man running Naked around. running around. I like when Greg Grunberg dies where he pushes him over and he cops like a fucking like corroded artery. Like just blood starts pouring out of him. Yeah. That's and this cool film like gets that. away with like one of the bloodiest deaths ever because it's the woman who's like, she's, oh shit, we've got to get blood. Greg, blood Greg, we're going to get Greg Grunberg a blood transfusion, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to try and say. <laughs> so she runs and gets like all these pouches of blood. And then she just rips them open and throws them because she's like, the invisible man has come to me. And she's like throwing them around mm. the room, trying to catch him or see his footprints in the blood. And then she just like dies from like the most tame thing, which is like a trank dart. So it doesn't even cause any blood on her. But the amount of blood in this scene is insane because mm. she's like throwing like four kilos of blood, mm. like 20 liters all over the place. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that's how you get away with doing crazy shit like that. It's pretty wild. But then it kind of ends like any other action yeah. movie where the Invisible Man is half visible. So yeah, he's, he's, he's full rock DJ. Yeah, he's absolutely rock DJ right now because he's transparent in places and in other places he's got burned flesh. Yeah, and then uh, they're just trying to climb up a fucking elevator shaft mm. and the elevator's gone haywire and keeps nearly hitting yeah. them and stuff. And like that could be any movie really from That's this any era. Film. Any film it set in a building. It didn't feel like this needed to be an Invisible Man movie here. That's... Like, Honestly, that was my moment. Like, I don't. This should have ended twenty minutes ago. Yeah, it should have ended definitely. Ten minutes ago. I think no. it could have ended earlier, mm. where they kill him. 
Absolutely. We don't need to <laughs> do the whole slasher thing where yeah. Jamie Kennedy would be pissed watching this movie. He'd be so pissed off. He'd be like, um, you don't need to do this. Yeah, I think I honestly think it should have ended where it ended, where mm. it seems like it ended. Absolutely. But do you know there's a sequel to this? Because this is Hollow oh, Man really? 2000, there's Hollow Man 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Hollow Man 06. It really is. Do you know who's in it? One of the... One of the famous 90s Chris's, Christian yeah. Slater. If I had to guess anyone, it was going to be Christian Slater. Because <laughs> this was in that era. There was a, I reckon there was a 20-year window where mm. Christian Slater was almost persona non grata in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, he was the Invisible Man. <laughs> he, was, he went from being such a hot teen star mm. to nothing, nothing, nothing up until Mr. Robot. Yeah. And now people like him again. People like him again, but uh, they're not casting him in jack shit. But he was he played the Hollow Man in Hollow Man 2006. And his name was Xavier Steele. And Let's find was, out what his name was. I bet it, it was It has to be a cool insane. name. Oh, no, he actually gets given an invisible name, analogous name. It's Michael Griffin. Oh, okay. Back to Invisible so Man. They've, they've taken it back to the Invisible Man a little bit there. Yeah. Um, oh, Peter Facinelli is in this. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like <laughs> Peter Facinelli and Christian Slater have to play brothers in this movie. That's crazy. He plays a detective or something. Wow. Detective Frank Turner. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> yeah, and apparently the plot of this movie is that um, this technology, Holoman technology... Mm, Holomantech.inc. <laughs> ...has now been, like, bought by the military. Wow. And so there's heaps of invisible men. Of course. Because the army are using it. The army are sending out naked dudes onto the <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> no armor, just these naked dudes running around with no guns because they can't see the guns. So they have to strangle people yeah, and beat people up. Yeah, what the fuck are they up. using as weapons? Yeah, they co- well, we got an invisible gun. <laughs> we poured, we put, we had an invisible man. We killed him, skinned him, and then poured, <laughs> put it around a gun. Existence style. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Mm. I think, um, is this directed DVD or was this... You better believe it. Can you imagine... That's prime era for directed yeah, DVD. Yeah, you can't watch that movie Six in a cinema. Six years later sequel. Six years later sequel with Peter <laughs> Facinelli <laughs> and Kristen Slater. If you've got one of them, it can be in a movie. But if you've got Peter Facinelli and Kristen Slater, unfortunately... No can do, do. It has to go to DVD. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is going DVD only. You can't stream Hollow Man 2. It's only DVD. And you have to buy it on eBay now. It's not available at any reputable place. It's just one guy bought a copy 20 years ago. And you've got to buy it off him. <laughs> There's one copy and everyone gets to share it. They've never needed more than one. Because <laughs> it's only one at a time. Yeah. Cursed with it. People are like, oh, I guess it's my turn with Hollow Man 2. And everyone will get one unless you die an early death. <laughs> We all get our turn to watch Holland in 2006. Ah, uh, and God help us. We love it. We love it. Peter Facinelli. On, would you recommend Hollow Man to people? I think I'd recommend it as a fun, like, campy, trashy, mm. early 2000s horror watch. Yeah. There's some movies from that era that I think still hold up, mm. you know, like the late 90s to 2000s. You got your Scream sequels yeah. and... um. And the I still know mm. era. I think some of those still hold up. This yeah. is nowhere near as good as those. But yeah, it's this is not fun, as good as the faculty. Trashy shit. Oh, it's nothing. It has nothing on the faculty. No. But I think it is a fun, trashy take on this story. Yeah. 
And I definitely think of the three that we've watched, the one that is the best and the obviously the most current is the currently in cinemas, uh, Lee Winnell's Invisible Man. I think it's really, really mm. great. And it takes a lot of the ideas of making an exploitation movie and making it feel like current Me Too f- like mm. me, and I was gonna say Me Too friendly, but Me no. Too approved. Yeah, this was, Hollow Man is straight up Me Too. Yeah, this movie is Me Too. I think it's made by Miramax as well. It feels yeah, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of Harvey notes on this. Yeah. Harvey would have given some feedback yeah. and been like, "I relate to this character. Make him the lead. He's funny. <laughs> He's got great bits." <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I was just reading today how Lee Winnell got Elizabeth Moss input over the whole script hmm. to kind of make it from a, a more honest female perspective. Hmm. And I'm like, fuck, that's so good, putting the putting the work in to make that work. Yeah. And it pays off so well to, like, make that movie, like, such a strong recommendation. Where I'm yeah, like, this is, sure. like, if you're curious and you think that you can have fun with this kind of movie, like, mm. I can, like, you can... I would recommend it, but you're not going to get anything out of the the Hollow Man apart from, like, a wild time. I think Hollow Man would have a bigger footprint if Mm. it was, like, it would last longer if if it had a fucking teen cast. You know, if yes. it was in line with all those Flat other movies, liners. if it was fucking Dawson's Creek in yeah. there and fucking, what's his name from, uh, Josh Hartnett. If yeah, he was Josh like, Hartnett. Like, yeah. If it was all that kind of young people, I think we'd be talking about it more but yeah. because it's just like people in their 30s. If it was like, truly, they just ripped off Flatliners and yeah. like, they're all like med grad students. They're all like mm. students fucking around with stuff. And who've somehow come across it, so it's not the government's not involved. It's not yeah, this, it's I a think uni it's project. So right, it's like a assignment <laughs> with that. Tr- they made a rat invisible, and like, wow, we did it. Let's now try chuck it, it on Josh me. Hartner. Yeah, chuck it on Josh Hartner. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, so it's it's actually quite a fun watch, though. Um, but yeah, watch it in the spirit of making fun of it a little mm, bit. Yeah. Watch it in the spirit of you are watching Grubs. Yes. You're watching Grubs at play. And that way, like, that's how I went into it. That's how you went into it. Mm. And then the moments that are high quality just shock you. We're like, wow, what a surprise. Totally. Totally. Um, or don't watch it. Yeah. Who and gives just a shit? watch The Invisible Man. Yeah. Who just watch <laughs> Memoirs of Invisible Man instead. <laughs> But this has been a really fun mini-series It's also been really fun talking about lab horror it's Yeah been, uh, That was unexpected <laughs> Yeah, lab horror movies, they're going to make a comeback And you've reminded me that there was a Flatliners remake Oh man From I reckon, like a couple of years ago Would we ever do that? I feel like now I kind of want to Because we love lab horror so much? I think so Yeah, man Maybe... Sometime in this year, we'll put a poll up of a few Lab Horror remakes <laughs> or something that fit the mould and we'll do a little mini-series and you have to pick which one that we cover. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that'll be so fun. Flatliners is like one of those movies where it's like, oh, you're so close to being awesome. <laughs> you're so close, but you just kind of stuck. Oh, dude. Well, Cam, it's been so fun talking about The Invisible Man. Next time on the podcast, we're going to be looking back at one of the things that we love to do, a one-off episode where we discuss a TV to cinematic reboot. Mm. And what is it, baby? We're going to be talking about Starsky and Hutch. Oh, the Todd Phillips classic. From the Joker auteur himself. Mm -hmm. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Owen Wilson. S-N-O-O-P-D-O-G-G-Y-D-O-G-G. Snoop Doggy Dog, if you can't spell. 
But yeah, it's a movie I loved. I'm excited to get back into it, watch it again. In the meantime, if you want to hear from us, you can head over to patreon.com slash total reboot. And that is patreon.com slash total reboot, not, not prodigium.com slash total reboot, uh, which one day will lead you to the same place, but not just yet. <laughs> uh, and there you can. For well, five bucks a month, you can subscribe to get access to a bonus podcast where we pay total respect to some of our beloved stars. We just released an episode that is so fun, so good. One of my <laughs> favorite ones we've done. Mm-hmm. All about who? All about the Sandman. We've heard of the Invisible Man. <laughs> we talked about the Sandman. Uh, and we're not talking about Neil Gaiman's lame-ass comic. We're talking about the fucking coolest actor ever, Adam Sandler. Sandy Wexler himself, dude. <laughs> We might have to do another one on him coming Yeah, up. honestly. Because we didn't get through enough, really. To take it down to like kind of four iconic roles with him was tough. It was tough. We did uh, Funny People. Yeah. We did Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. We did... Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. And we touched on like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, yeah. SNL era, Adam Sandler. But there's but so many in between there that we didn't even talk about. We didn't. We barely talked about the Zohan. We we didn't mess with the Zohan. You could tell us that. You can accuse us of that right now. We barely, we didn't mess with the Zohan at uh, all. But I think we should. Next time we will. We'll do another follow-up on Sandler. Mm-hmm. We'll do plenty more Total Respects. So yeah. sign up. Have a blast. Mm-hmm. Take a load off. Have some fun with it. Do something fun for once. And Listen to a podcast of us. Yeah, pay for it. <laughs> Why don't you? You get access to that whole lot more. Uh, Cam, you've got some festival shows coming up in the near future. I sure do. I am doing the Brisbane Comedy Festival with Becky Lucas in a couple of weeks. All that information is up online. And in the show notes, I'm doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival Mm -hmm. again with her and the Sydney Comedy Festival and you and I might have something to announce very oh, soon very, for the very Sydney soon. Comedy yes. Festival. Sydney Comedy Festival might even already be announced. And if it is, here's us talking about it. And if it isn't... Here's us just leaving a little break for no reason. <laughs> uh, also, on March 20th, I'm hosting Comedians Talk Over Movies at the Golden Age Cinema. The movie is Speed 2 Cruise Control. It's going to be me, John Robles, someone else. We're going to be talking over the movie. It's going to be very fun. Also, I'm a guest on a couple of great podcasts this week. You can hear me over at All the President's Minutes with Blake Howard talking about uh, one of the minutes from the movie All the President's Men. And Cameron, let me tell you this. I talk a lot about our dynamic on finding Drago and how that movie or the president's men influenced how we started tackling that project and uh, trying to bring some comedy into it. Uh, it's a really fun episode. Also had a lot of fun with our friends, B Baba Skirla and Lauren Bonner over on their podcast, Were You Hot in High School? Talking about my life in high school and becoming a cinephile and my hair and all that fun high school shit. So it's a it's very silly, crazy podcast. Yeah, where else can people talk to us? Oh, yeah. Talk to us on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm at I'm Cameron James. I'm at This Is Alexi. You can find Total Reboot at Total Reboot Pod on Twitter as well. And it's on Facebook. Also, if you want to catch up with Generation Batuta, we'll probably have some links for it in the show notes as well. So hit that up. Sounds like a great podcast. Cam's on it. Yeah, it's really funny. You're going to love it. If you like comedy, if you like podcasts, if you like living and being yourself. Mm, and baby, I do. And I like to do it in visible style. <laughs>